going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Weird Albums. I am the greatest Jay in the history of Jays. Joining me is Jay Shanoin. The second greatest? I mean, especially not this episode. Do I? Is this one of those situations where it's like when you're looking at your global ranking on an online video game, you have to go to like a page that no one is accidentally stumbling upon to find your name? <laughs> sure, yeah, something like that. Anyway, <laughs> we are doing... Uh, what's the year on this one? Alpocalypse. This is 2011. This is the tour that I saw. If anyone knows my stand-up comedy bit from my most recent album, this is the tour I was talking about. It was Alpocalypse. Yeah, you know what? This might be the, the show where we play that clip at the end of the show after the credits. What do you think? I think you're going to have some bleeping to do. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Hand Fart City coming up, which is also my favorite Bowie song. Uh, Jay, we have a special guest coming up. A little bit later, uh, cousin Jay, who everyone knows from the Masses of None podcast, he's in a bunch of cool bands like Tiger Ban- Tiger Man, uh, and some other local bands in New Jersey. He is going to join us and play us some accordion, and we can ask all the questions about the accordion that we've ever wanted to know. How sweet is that? It's awesome, and there's an unreasonable number of Jays on this episode. Three Jays. That's why I said I'm not sure if you're going to be the number two Jay. It's oh, that's valid. That's fair because I didn't bring yeah. an accordion. To the... He sure didn't. I, I like this album. It's uh, It was like five years, right? Five and a half years after the last one. It was several years because we're getting in. This is the second to last album. And since since his most recent one, he said, I'll probably never put out another album. So this is I'm considering it his second to last one. Yeah, it was 2006 straight out of Linwood. And then he, he was experimenting with kind of dropping songs on the Internet, like just doing singles, that kind of thing. And a lot of those got collected into this album. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of fun. I kind of remember that. It was like it was super exciting when Al was like dropping a new song and a video on the internet. Remember those days at all? Yes. And uh, his last album, he really kind of capitalized on that and planned a a big attack, which we'll obviously talk about in our next episode. But yeah, this was a, it was a good time to be an Al fan, man. It was the new way of releasing music kind of really worked for him because it it kept him relevant up until he had the whole album ready to go because he could just kind of piecemeal it out as a single or two while it was in development i really really like this album i think it sounds amazing like the production is just so modern and so good and a lot of the themes he hits and the things he parodies and it just feels very like modern al like he his kind of he's the same way that he needed an album in the 90s that was like, there you go, now you're in the 90s. This is very much the 2010s, 21st century album to me. Yeah, and I think him figuring out that dropping the songs too while like the songs he was parroting were hot was a smart move. And totally. Then, I mean, it, you kind of felt a little bit robbed like once those came out and were part of this album, but I think it was better for him just for his image overall, you know what I mean? Yeah, and this was, you know, his shot at a whole new generation, really. This was a new crop of pop stars and everything. Yep. Let's jump into it, shall we? Real so, quick before we do, I just yeah. want to give a little weird actually to myself because I glossed over whether or not the death count was affected on Limwood. And as far as I can tell, all I need to do is throw some weasels in there that got stomped on stomping day. Oh, yeah. I went a nice even 100 weasels to add to our <laughs> our animal count. We should have like went in and counted every like weasel squish in the song. I wonder how accurate it would be. 
I bet we have a fan that'll do it because this is all a joke and people keep getting mad that my death count is inaccurate. So tell us how many weasels squeal, whoever's out there. All right, so let's get into the track that almost wasn't, thanks to Lady Gaga and her crappy manager who didn't really, never like gave her the song to read or listen to. But she came around and she was uh, she was down with it once Al almost went on like an apology tour because he thought she was so against it. He had the, I think he had the video done. He put the song out there, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry to Lady Gaga. She doesn't like this, but I wanted to put it out there." And he like donated all the money to like charity from any you know revenue the video created. Uh, so let's take a listen to "Perform This Way" parody of "Born This Way." I'm sure my critics will say it's a grotesque display. Well, they can fight me, baby. I perform this way. I might be wearing Swiss cheese, or maybe covered with bees. It doesn't mean I'm Much like the Eminem song last time, you know, Lady Gaga was super hot back then. But I just don't love this parody. Really? I don't. It's kind of one... I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's kind of one note to me. I don't know. And it almost feels like I get how he could have mistook that she didn't like it and was maybe kind of offended by it. Oh, me too. I think it's mean. I think it's very mean. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a mean song, and that's... Part of why I like it so much, I also think it's a very well-done parody, like we always say we like to hear. I think it's clever. I think it sounds great. I think, you know, he's not like doing Lady Gaga's voice, but he does put some effort into it. He's belting out a pop tune for sure. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of these. He's not like directly trying to sound like her. But yeah, this is, I really love this. I think it's like a top-tier parody for him personally. I'm shocked that you kind of low rank it. It does feel... At times, like, he's calling her out for being fake weird. Because it's very, like, <laughs> I'm not really crazy. It's just all an act because I want to be a big celebrity. But he's weird, Al, so it feels a little bit like, want to step on the weird ground? Excuse me. You know, it's interesting that you say, you know how he doesn't try to sound like her, but yet he kind of does in a way. I think that happens a lot on this. He doesn't He doesn't do a lot of that where he's really trying to imitate the, the artist's voices. But somehow, like, every one sounds perfect. And I don't know if it's because the production and the music has... It's I a mean, lot it's that, always, and it's just that he's always on pitch and yeah. on key. and yeah, I don't know if the the music and the production have just been elevated. like, But it's always good. And not like it's ever bad, but the songs are so perfect. And then he's just crushing them, but kind of in his own voice. He's not really doing the voices like he used to back in the day. Um, but they all are just, like, perfect somehow. Like, when he does it with, later with uh, Miley Cyrus... Um, I think he he does it. I mean, he does a little bit of a Jim Morrison later on, but even like the Taylor Swift one, it's like it's like there's a little I, bit of voices. But you're right, and I yeah. think I kind of commented on the last album that the places where he's not doing the voices like kind of bothered me when it was really glaring. This time it did not at all. So I agree with yeah. what you're saying that he he found some way to smooth it all out. Yeah, it's some just some, make it fit. Uh, all right, let's try. Let's check out track two. So CNR. It's uh, White Stripes Pistachio, and it's about Charles Nelson Riley. And, like, what a choice. Did he Did he just die before this came out? Is that why he did this? Like, what the heck? I don't What's the story so. behind him know. choosing this? He's just a big fan of Charles Nelson Riley? You know Nelson what did Riley? happen right around this time? 2011's the year the White Stripes broke up. Huh. I was thinking maybe this was why. Like, maybe they heard this, and they were like, he's right. <laughs> That's all we do. 
So it's funny that he picked like a modern song with a super old school topic, like an outdated topic. Oh, Usually uh, it's the opposite. That no one that was on board because of Lady Gaga. <laughs> no one who was like, this is hooking me in and I'm down was getting a Charles Nelson Riley reference. <laughs> Maybe I like, was though. Dorky Jay Shanoin was. Maybe it was because he, you know, Lady Gaga is kind of a gay icon. Charles Nelson Riley is kind of a gay icon. Maybe put him back to back for that. I don't know. Maybe he was throwing I, it as a bone just for Lady Gaga. It's like she'll know who Charles Nelson Riley is and she'll appreciate this. I love this song. I love game shows. I love match games specifically. I love Charles Nelson Riley. I love the White Stripes. I love Frozen Waffles, which he mentions at one point. <laughs> and Chuck Norris jokes. Yeah, yeah, and that's absolutely what it is. It's just yeah. Chuck Norris jokes <laughs> set to a White Stripes song, but about Charles Nelson Riley. The wild card is track two. <laughs> yeah, let's take a listen. Charles Nelson Riley was a mighty man, the kind of man you'd never disrespect. He stood eight foot tall, wore glasses, and he had a third nipple on the back of his neck. He ate his own weight in coal and excreted diamonds every day. He could throw you down a flight of stairs, but you still would love him anyway. Yeah, you know you love him anyway. So the story I read is that he went to his his partner, his husband, or whatever you were allowed to have in 2006, and asked permission since Charles Nelson Riley had passed away. And his husband was like, He's like, he's like, I love that you want to do this. He's like, just please don't make him like sound too much like a sissy. So Al went <laughs> the complete opposite way with it, I which love I love. That. Yeah, it's great. It's That's so good. excellent. Yeah, it's a fun one. And it's funny, we were talking about it, I think, I don't know, one of the past shows, but when I listen to this, you know, first listen's always in the shower for some whatever reason, and I don't know, soak in all the lyrics while I'm in the shower. Oh, we and, know the reason. My first listen's in the shower, then my final listen is usually on a on an old man walk down the road. I take a walk and listen to my Al, listen to my Alfred. But yeah, that that's kind of how I missed Bob, what he was doing there, because it was a shower mm. listen, and then picked it all up here on on the way back and appreciated it more for sure. But yeah, it's a it's a fun little ditty, and I I mean Charles Nelson Riley, king of the match game for sure, or should I say queen of the match game? I think he can have both. Sure, he can have both the crowns. I agree. All right, track number three is a parody of You Belong to Me by Taylor Swift, and it's called TMZ. Oh, let me tell you, it's getting to the point where a famous person can't even get a DUI or go on a racist rant. Those guys are all around, so you really shouldn't dare go to every club in town if you flop your underwear. Seems that every single time a star decides to shave their head, That's my favorite parody on this album. I love that one. And I'm not even a big T-Swift fan. I'm not a Swifty or anything. I just love that parody. I think it's one of those situations where it's very well done. It's very clever and it's very funny. It fits perfectly. It's catchy, very well executed. As we keep saying, the songs on this record are. Sounds great. Also, it's kind of a running joke in my house ever since my wife and I have gotten married. She did not even know what the show was the first time, but for over a decade, I have been accusing her of leaking 
information about me to TMZ. <laughs> Yeah, as, as much as I hate TMZ, it's again another. It's a perfect. It's a perfect parody. He hits a lot of, like I said, twenty first century topics that were just ripe for Al's take on them on this album, and mm -hmm. I think that kind of show, the celebrity smut gossip show, he had never fully tackled. That it's welcome. It's his input is very welcome, and yeah. I also love the kind of breakdown where they have the TMZ style headlines. And the one they say that always kills me is, I pronounce her guilty of leaving the house while fat. <laughs> that is a good one. Usually, I love the original, if I'm telling you that I also love the parody. I'm not usually putting on T-Swift. I'm not trying to throw shade at her or anything. She's just not one of my female pop stars of choice. Well, I mean, that her song is a perfect pop song, too, for sure. Oh yeah, like there's a reason this song is so catchy and toe tapping good. I'm a, I'm I'm a closet Swifty, I'd say. I like a lot of her stuff. Let's do track four, and I think we got back to back favorites, right? That was your favorite parody. This is your favorite original? It sure is. It's Skipper Dan. But I'm a tour guide on the Jungle Cruise ride. Skipper Dan is the name, and I'm doing 34 shows every day. supposed to be a weezer pastiche pistachio i mean it's um, not super that's not super says. weezery but that's what i read yeah that's what the internet said to me too it's i mean it definitely has that that quality to it it also just kind of sounds like all those power pop alternative bands like there's some fountains of wayne in there mm -hmm. as well sure yeah what a fun song a little story song hashtag story song the tale of the actor who uh, goes to this <laughs> goes to Juilliard and everything. Yeah, and the <laughs> inspiration for this excellent song, which uh, is both a really great song and very funny. A, lo yeah. a lot of times, my favorite original. I'm here saying it's just a great song. It's not necessarily that funny. It's both. He came up with this idea because he went on the Jungle Cruise ride, probably like Disneyland, with his family. And the tour guide on one time that he went on it made a reference about their failed acting career. And he started writing this song in that character, which is so depressing to know this based on a true story. It's sad, but it's not sad. You're right. Yeah. I, I really don't care. I also yeah, I care. love that ride. Big fan of the Jungle Cruise and the Rock movie was fun. Yeah, you like that? You like how they reused the same jokes from the ride in the movie? We're three for three on Jungle Cruises. I like this song. I like the movie. Nice. That was probably my favorite part, actually, was that they used the same bad jokes yeah, in the yeah. movie. That's the. <laughs> I didn't expect there to be animatronic ear wiggling hippos. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun song, man. That it, I think it stands alone. You know, it's not super hilarious. It's just kind of, you know, humorous, whimsical, if you will, uh, a little dark. But it's it's just a great song overall. I agree. It's it's it could be just any artist's song, and you'd be like, ah, oh, it's a fun song. It's like it's kind of funny, but it's good. I love it. That was my number two favorite, Jay. My number two okay. favorite song. Uh, let's get to the, the polka. Polka coming early. Track five here. Uh, it's polka face. You get a little poker face in there, so you get a double double dose of gaga. 
And then this is my favorite part of this poker. Cause everything is never as it seems. Blame it on the goose, got you feeling loose. Blame it on the drone, got you in the zone. Blame it on the a a a a alcohol. Blame it on the a a a a alcohol. Blame it on the vodka. Blame it on the henny. Blame it on the blue pack, got you feeling dizzy. Blame it on the a a a alcohol. Blame it on the a a a alcohol. Shouties like a melody in my head that I can't keep out. Got me singing like na 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 every day. It's like my eyes. Stuck on replay, stuck on replay, stuck on replay, 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 A-A-A-A. Love that. It's excellent. What a great po- first off, yes, call it poker face. Great job, Al. <laughs> that one wrote itself, of course. It's yeah. it's a great one though. Uh one of the more sonically distinct pokas, I would say. Like it has a, a sound that isn't as identical to a big chunk of the other ones that he's done. Until except for that part, I almost get it's almost too perfect. It's almost too boring for me. Like, cause all the songs blend together perfectly. And as like a DJ in that era, like you could play all those songs back to back. And he doesn't a lot of music. His polka music doesn't change much except for like those two big changes. Really, I feel like. And it's almost right. like it's almost it's just a like a too accurate. Yes, it's too good. Like the fireflies. Like it just sounds exactly like the song. Like a couple other ones just sound exactly like the song. Just with uh, some accordion thrown in, but it's it's good. I mean, I feel like I I played that as like I would play that at the bar sometimes. That and the one from the last album. <laughs> I those could sound just play effects those. on the blame it on the alcohol part are so funny. To me. Yeah, yeah. And I also wrote down that I love the the grimy horn sound that they throw in usually on a polka, and on here it's on the Justin Bieber baby part. It goes baby, baby, baby. <laughs> I like the horns right at the end where he's going into uh, Down by, who's it? Was it J. Cole or somebody? I don't know. Yeah, that just has kind of a ska vibe to it. Yeah, it sounds like a poorly produced third wave ska band horn yeah, section. That's great. It's bizarre. I'm telling you, Al, when you're done with parodies, just weird Al Skankovic and start, start a ska band. You're very good at it. I'd buy a ticket. All right, let's do one more, and then we will bring in our special guest. Track six is Craigslist, Pistachio of the Doors, and I really like this one. Got a trash can of styrofoam peanuts. You can have them for free. You can drop by on the weekend and pick them up from me. But the trash can ain't part of the deal. Giving you the peanuts Get real, don't have no hefty bag So bring your own Don't bug me with questions on the phone <laughs> I love that part of, of it where he just does like the spoken word Jim Morrison style Yeah, and this is another one where What a subject that was just ripe for Al to, to pick at it And he does a great job with it The second verse being about like misconnections is very funny to me That he goes to a different area of Craigslist Yeah, it's all very real too If you ever try to do anything on Craigslist It's always a goddamn logistical nightmare And I love the kind of analogy just by making it a door song That wading into Craigslist is like a dark psychedelic LSD rabbit hole that you wade down. It's just a very like, oh, I'm looking at all these things on the internet that someone's selling. It's very good. It's very, very funny. I hate the Doors so much, and this is such a good Doors pistachio that I kind of hate listening to this song. I think it's very well done. I think it's hysterical lyrically. 
I think it and sounds it, obnoxious. Yeah, and I think it's also kind of like the you know again, uh, one crazy summer to the better off dead of eBay. Was that for last sure? Time? Yeah, but to be fair, Craigslist is just kind of that to eBay the service. Yeah, I guess. But it, the the whole like first part is a lot of you know just hashtag list song again. On this, oh yeah, it's, it's great though, just in the in that style, and uh, they freaking nail it. Of course, like I'm surprised that like they didn't have the whoever the freaking keyboard player was from the Doors. What, who was it? Was it no Robbie Krieger was the drummer, right? Ray Manzarek. Ray Manzarek. There we go. I know. Our, I see our guest is yelling because he's a he's a piano player himself. Uh, should we bring him in, Jay? I think we should. Yes, let's. All right. There it's, are not uh, enough Jays here right now. Yeah, we need a third Jay. This is why you're your second Jay today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You know him. You love him from the Masters of None podcast, of course. First and foremost, uh, he's in a bunch of awesome bands down in New Jersey, including Tiger Man which is a super cool band that I've seen, and uh, he plays with Danny and the boys. I'll just let him do his own plugs. It's Cousin Jay, everybody. Ah, hey, hey bro. How you doing? <laughs> What's up, man? I'm good, good. Sweet. And you got that sweet cord around your around your ne- neck? Is it around your neck, on your shoulders? It's on my, sho- it's on my shoulders. Huh? I'm more questioning if anyone calls it a cord. Is that a thing in the accordion mm-hmm. community? I'm not... <laughs> no, it's not a thing. Um, but I, I wouldn't. Am I part of the accordion accordion community? I actually don't know any other accordion players. Hmm. Like we should all probably like um, start meeting at like an Elks Club, like you know, once a week and having accordion meetings and things. <laughs> I mean, we should just have like you know, three J's talking chord. That's the name of this podcast, I think. Talking chord. <laughs> the chordcast. 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 Why don't uh, Jay, what, the other Jay, the one I just yeah. met, why don't you like the doors? Because they're awful. <laughs> uh, I think they're extremely pretentious and I, I just don't like it. I respect what they did for music. I love a lot of bands that they influence very heavily. I'm a huge Misfits fan. They would not exist were it not for the doors because basically what they started off as was like a doors ripoff band. But no, I I do not like that band. I've known too many obnoxious hippies. That's weird. I never heard of Danzing and uh, Jim Morrison compared together, but that now that makes so much more sense now. Holy cow. Oh yeah, if you hear the earliest Misfits recordings, there's no guitarist in that band and it's like a keyboardist and then a bassist and a drummer and then Danzig crooning. Whoa, I did not know this. I'm I'm not the biggest Doors fan in the world, but that really isn't the best band to, to parody. I think one band can do it and that's The Doors. But we're not talking about the doors today, guys. I'm no, sorry. we're talking cord. <laughs> we're talking cord. Uh, before we get into the the cord, uh, you uh, you're, you're a Weird Al fan, yeah? Not, not a super fan, but I'm fan. a cash a cash Weird Al fan. I've fallen right. off over the years, but uh, really? you know, like a lot of us, we I grew up listening to him. Like you know, like was really into the um, you know the Michael Jackson parodies when we were kids and all that. Um, I'd say if I had a favorite record to name, it would be Bad Hair Day. And I don't know if that's cliche and that that's what a lot of people's favorite is, but it was just, it came out at the right time. And it was like, the night Santa went crazy still makes me laugh. Like I freaking love that tune. Mm-hmm. There's like five or six that are kind of cliche to say as the yeah. best or the favorite, but I don't know that there's really one that well, that everybody says. Yeah, hmm. I really like that album. I think it's it's just done really well. And I really like all the tunes on it. Nice, man. Yeah. So, so tell tell us about the bands you play in. Like any of those? I mean, you're you're a dude who appreciates comedy. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm in a band called Tiger Man, and we dress up like tigers (laughs) before every gig. We wear these, we we started wearing Zubaz pants that were, you know, tiger print. And then we, they all got worn out. And Zubaz actually gave us free pants to wear around. Like and what? To plug you were sponsored by Zubaz? Oh yeah, Zubaz? we hit them up and we were seeing, you know, like who can like we get free shit from. So we got um, Zubaz pants, but they got really worn out. And then when we asked for more, they were like, they just kind of ghosted us. So then <laughs> I found some really fancy tiger pants off this like golf website, you know, that sells like really loud pants. So we, we all wear like kind of matching tiger pants. And then we all kind of like wear our own like shirt and whatnot, our own tiger shirt. But we play psychedelic funk, you know, ass jazz, you know, funky stuff, mostly instrumental, um, some some with vocal, but mostly instrumental. You guys have been jazz. We call it ass jazz because it's just, you know, we pull it out of our, you know, Um, I'm in that band. Um, That band is actually the band that I picked up the accordion for, but never used the accordion in. I, we wanted to, we write like, we write some like really goofy tunes sometimes. And, um, we really wanted to do a sea shanty, like a pirate sea shanty. So I was like, I need to get an accordion for that. You know, like (laughs) I need to do a little bit of that, you know, like, you know, that, that stuff. So I got one, like a really cheap one off of, uh, eBay and, um, no surprise. It was a tiger brand, uh, accordion and, um, it was a piece of shit. And um, eventually my other friends, some from Tiger Man and some from some other bands decided to form an Irish band called Danny and the Boys. And they were like, hey man, do you wanna kind of like try to play accordion in the band? And I said, sure. I had never really played accordion before and just started picking it up and taught myself and started playing with those guys. And we play like, you know, we play all year round. We don't just play on St. Patrick's Day, but we're we're pretty busy. It's a, it's a fun band. And then the other band I'm in is the adventuring party, bunch of uh, D and D nerds playing uh, rock music. Fun time. Sweet. Yeah. All right. So give me the basics. Cause we've all seen accordions, but I don't, I don't know how it freaking works. How the hell does it work? So you got the keyboard part, you got the like stretchy part. And then like, you got notes on the back end too, little buttons, right? So well, explain this, please. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, if you're, you're, I mean, this is audio, so people can't see the screen, but yeah, like in your right hand, it's, it's usually, a, it's like the keyboard, just like a keyboard on a piano, yep. um, you know, black keys, white keys, um, whatever. And then on the, the other end where the bass is, um, is your bass notes and you can do bass notes, chords, you could do major, minor, diminished and augmented chords. And mm-hmm. that is, that exists so that you can carry on something in the left hand while playing sort of like a melody in the right hand, you know, like, you know, like you can kind of just kind of go uh-huh. off on both ends. So it's kind of like another keyboard, except they're buttons sort of. They're of buttons. Keys. And it's a little confusing because it's not in scale order. It's, it's based on the circle of fifths and I'm not going to get into musical nerdyism, but yeah, it's, it makes sense if you kind of understand music theory. How, how many, how can. many, how many buttons are there? How many buttons are there? You know what? I never counted them. Approximately. Oh God. Um, hmm. Forty. Show us. We can the accordion community is going to kill me at the next meeting. <laughs> You're going to be canceled from the community. <laughs> freaking poser over here. You're going to get cord canceled. canceled. <laughs> Heyo. In stereo. 
Yeah, no, let me. But, can you can you hold it up to the camera? How many but on the button side? No, the other side. Oh, the buttons. button side. Uh, oh, geez. See, that's a, a lot of buttons. See all those? There's so, so many. How the hell do you know what the hell you're pushing? So the the top two rows are your bass notes. Um, that's a that's a C. That's an E. So it's it's weird. Like it's all fourths. So if you go C, then it goes to F, and then it just it's all fourths. My head is is broken. I have no idea what you're saying, how you could do that. So it, yeah, it makes sense when you're playing. It's hard for me to sort of um, explain if you're not a musician. <laughs> no, I play instruments and I'm following along. I've also fiddled around on accordions a couple of times and was not ever fully able to like figure it out, but it's one of the instruments that I've always wanted because I've always wanted to figure it out and sit down and really. I'm also a huge Weird Al and They Might Be Giants fan, so. Oh, They Might Be Giants, hell yeah. So yeah, it's just bass on the top, and that's primarily what I what I do. I am not a virtuoso by any means. Again, I, I am like low totem pole at the accordion meetings. Like, I'm like a guy who picked up the accordion. I'm really a piano player and like a keyboard player, and I just sort of been figuring it out on my own. No lessons, just kind of figuring it out. And so if you just hit the buttons or the keys on their own, they don't do anything, right? So you got to be either pulling out or pushing in. Is that how it works? If you, if, yeah, if I just like. Yeah, nothing. Like you, you can kind of hear it because like there's a little bit of air, but like right. that's, I, I can push down on it. There's nothing. Same thing if you pull out the air. It's, I would, playing the accordion is like, is more like singing than it is like playing the piano because it's all about using the phrase, for me at least, using the phrase of the bellows. The bellows are the, you know, Stretchy obviously part. it's where the air comes from, you know? So, no, cause eventually, you know, if you eventually after you go out, you're gonna have to go back in, right? So you can't, you can't do that in the middle of a phrase cause it's gonna sound weird or there's gonna be notes, um, notes are gonna kind of fall off. So you have to really plan and kind of almost breathe with the instrument when you're playing. So I, that's kind of how I think of it. I kind of think of it more like I'm singing than I'm playing, if that makes any sense. So you kind of have to plan ahead for when you're going to pull out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, you have to plan ahead. Exactly. But and if it doesn't work, you'll need like a like a plan B of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Or, or you could just uh, use a cord condom. Yeah. Yeah, because like cord, when you're singing, you could be singing this long phrase and then eventually you're going to run out of air and you need to breathe. So it's the same thing with the accordion. It breathes in and out. And but is it does it go like is it a little bit higher if you're going out and you no. know, lower if you're no, going out? So, so same there either is way. Another, there's another instrument very similar called the concertina. I do not play one of those, um, but I'm sure you've seen them. They're like they're like, you know, very small. That's um, what the stereotypical Italian man's little monkey plays, Jay. Yes, yes, ah. sir. Or like in in Ireland or something like that. Like they play them in those little bands. Like um, Irish Ed would know that, uh, Jay. <laughs> sure. Um, also famous so for Masters of None. What's yeah? What's interesting with the concertina is when you pull out and you pull you go in, um, it it changes the note chromatically. So when you when you say you push down one note and you push and you pull out, pull out. Um, it's one note, and then when you push in, it it goes up chromatically, so it kind of sounds like. But the accordion does not. You just actually change the note. I I changed the note. I went to yep. you know F F sharp. Got it. So but that's just, the concertina's more like the idea behind like a harmonica. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because when you breathe out and breathe in, it's the same shit. It's the same, you know. Jay's trying to get music points, music cred points. He's doing No, great. I'm trying to learn about what's probably going to be the next <laughs> instrument that I will buy, honestly. I really want to get a concertina because they're they're so portable. And I feel like I, I would take it as many places as I could and just kind of screw around with it and learn it on the fly. I know someone's selling one, uh, this girl, Angelina. Angelina. Oh, boy. Bring down your concertina. Play a welcome for me, cause I'll be coming home from <laughs> no, nothing. Oh, Jay's just giving me the deaths there. <laughs> uh, we both are, and I'm I'm giving you um, I'm giving you courteous laughter right now. <laughs> All right, Jay, come on, play us a little something. Do you know any Weird Al tunes? Have you tried? No, any? I don't. Like I said, I did not come prepared for this. Um, nothing. Not I'm even just like here a, to hold thanks for taking it seriously. What about a little They Might Be Giants? What's the funnest song you know that we you could play for us? Or just a little bit of, you know? Is it Hot Cross Buns? Because we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could play a couple of riffs. Do you guys listen to the Pogues at all? Sure. So, um, do you guys know the song, The Broad Majestic Shannon? Mm, probably have to hear it. Ah, see, I see. I'm not, I'm screwing up here. Nice. Oh, awesome. I love every Pogue song. <laughs> yeah, it is the same riff in every single one. Like, that is very similar to um, Fairy Tale of New York, the thing that, like, is playing in every uh, department store around Christmas time. Christmas, yeah. This thing sucks, guys. I I love it and I hate it. Um, it's really freaking heavy. And these Irish uh, gigs that I play are usually sometimes like three sets, an hour a set. So after three hours of playing, my arms are like falling <laughs> off. My back is killing me. It's it's physically demanding as fuck. Like I, wow. I, oh. I hate it, but I love it. Any other questions there, Jay? Uh, no, I feel I feel like I had I had a general understanding of what this apparatus was, and it sounds like you just learned that an accordion exists today, and you had a whole lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how the buttons work on the thing, and I didn't know if you had to be if it going in or out changed anything. Come on, man. I, right. I took piano lessons for That's like five kind of years. What I was just talking about when I said you <laughs> sounded dumb. <laughs> all right jay could you plug your bands one more time where uh can people check your the bands out on like soundcloud or social media uh all websites tigermanmusic.com that's tigerman we got uh danny and the boys nj like newjersey.com book us for we'll, we'll play all kinds of events it, it, we're a good time um and then the adventuring party and that's the adventuring party.net i believe yes dot net sweet can you play like one fun riff that like ends our segment Bravo. Thank you, Cousin Jay. Guys, it was a pleasure. Love you All very right, much. Man. Jay, it was nice meeting you, sir. Yeah, you too. And and maybe try the doors a little more. Or maybe not. <laughs> try the doors with the guy from American Idol, or whoever that is. 
There you go. Yeah, maybe then you like it. He's just staring at me blankly, like, nope. <laughs> yeah, he does that. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> yeah. does that. All right, cousin Jay. All right, fellas. Now that was fun. Learn a little bit about the accordion. Get some live. Yeah, that was chord. fun. The fact that he didn't play us a bam 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 on his way out knocks him down maybe That's, three pegs in my. I mean, book, I, but... it's better than I could do. All right, Jay. Let's get to the next track. Back on the album here, Miley Cyrus parody, "Party in the CIA." Need a country to So well done. Another perfect excellent. parody, I think. Another perfect one. Yeah, excellent parody, man. Top notch. I, I had a tough choice between that one and, and another one we're going to play later for my favorite. I'm going to wait to reveal what it was. But again, I don't know how he does it, but he sounds exactly like Miley Cyrus without trying to sound like Miley Cyrus. Yeah, I think we might just be at the point where you're correct. It is the production, but I think it might specifically be the like vocal kind of studio tricks that they pull that oh, they're duplicating perfectly for each mm-hmm. specific artist. He's not just doing one blanket way to treat the vocals after they're recorded. He's actually duplicating what the individual artists do to their voices, I think. Yeah, that's a great point. Maybe a little auto-tune in there or whatever. That's right, because, well, there's so many different kinds of pitch correction and and just cheating that people do with uh, with studios that you can twist it in so many different ways to make a different a different sound. So yeah, I think probably here it just he did the same thing to his voice that they did to Miley Cyrus's voice on that song. And makes, yeah, nailed it. Very very clever lyrics. Yeah. Very very everything. fun song. I mean, Party in the USA is a fun song. It is. It's a great song. There's no denying that. And yeah, it's like every syllable matches like every syllable, you know what I mean? Like every beat is on. It's it's a perfect parody. Yeah, it's totally one of those like one to one ratio he did almost every syllable go what's the exact rhyme i'll i'll nail it i will duplicate yeah. it just making it be about the cia and we also have our as far as i could tell only two deaths on the album are both on this song body count body count body count yeah body mother count. F- They're both assassinations. One is when he says he accidentally terminated a head of state that wasn't on his list. I counted that. Sure. It's it's an admission of guilt. And then the other one is obviously the, his target walks by and my silencer was on. Pew, pew. Double tap. All right, we're going to wait till the end for the tally, right? But the death toll has risen, people. The death toll has risen. The death toll has risen. I do have a number for you, but I'll give it to you at the end. I came prepared this week. I love it. Unlike our guest. Ugh. I know. Seriously. <laughs> Didn't even know that people call it a chord. <laughs> uh, ringtone is track eight. Guess what, Jay? You're skipping it? Skipping it. Oh. Pistachio of Queen or so I read. It's not super Queen. I mean, it's definitely Queenie, I guess, but it's it's just... The, it, 
It's not great. It's more Queen than like any other one artist you could try to attribute it to. Yeah. Here's what I think it is. I think Al's just showing up. He's been producing his own albums for a long time at this point. On the last record, he pretty flawlessly duplicated Brian Wilson's production techniques and everything. Now he's tackling Queen and like the same kind of big shifts and ebb and flow of the big movements. And I think he's just showing off as a producer. I think this is just him going, you know what? Look how far I've come over the years. Suck it, Rick Derringer. This is this is what I can do now. I do. Yeah. I like this song. It is entirely sonically. I don't think lyrically it's a it's anything that special. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's just about you know a ringtone that he bought that is, everybody hates. And uh, I mean the funny the funniest part of it is that you never hear the ringtone or hear it, or he doesn't say what it is. Yeah, it's just a terrible ringtone. And it also didn't age well because nobody has ringtones anymore. Obviously, so that's probably part of it as well. Yeah, this is just, I mean, clearly another attempt, which I think he nailed many other times on the album to take one of those one of those modern things and, and skewer it the way that he does. I agree that it a little bit misses the mark. I think what saves the song, again, is that sonically it is fascinating to listen to. Yeah, those couple like fun where they, you know, Queen just mixes up a song with weird different parts that kind of start and stop is, is great, but... Still, I think the lyrically, it is just not not a memorable one. Let's go to the next one, number nine. uh, Another Tattoo, parody of B.O.B. And Bruno Mars's Nothing on You. Except we're also skipping this one, Jay. Oh, I thought when you said that your favorite parody was still coming up, this is what I guessed it might be. Oh, no, 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 no. No, you don't like this one either. Right off the bat, he rhymes tats and back those are the first two lines i've got these tats all over my back i'm okay with that they don't rhyme i'm out i'm out you lost me the ass sound is there that's all i need for that first it's a verse it's not the main chorus rhyme it's the opening two lines he could have said guess what jay there's a body part on your back called your lats i've got these tats all across my lats that rhymes hmm your lats are on your back. He could have used that. Al, I'm on your side. I don't think this is the strongest parody on this album. I think what is apparently your favorite keeps it from being the worst parody on the album. Whoa. Ouch. All right. Well, let's get to it because uh, we're going to do my favorite original is the next song. If oh, that good is, choice. If that isn't love... Uh, a pastiche of Hanson. When you're telling me about your feelings, I try not to yawn. And when we're at parties, I don't talk about your plastic bladder. When you're cleaning the gutters on the roof, I hold the ladder. And if that isn't love, if that isn't love, if that What a great song, right? This song starts with one of my favorite two-line rhymes, where he says, I'll always have your back, and if your hands are cold, you can always warm them up between my butt crack. What a (laughs) gross... 
and descriptive line that's very <laughs> funny. It makes me laugh every time I hear it, but it is like, that's disgusting. The omelet line is hilarious, too. They say, I'll, I'll make you omelets even though I hate omelets. It's a very funny song. And it's a funny. great kind of one of his fake out love songs where it's, yep. it's almost a genuine love song, but he missed it. Again, I, I feel like I get sucked into the, the, the either hashtag scorn lovers or the or backhanded compliments, like, like all these like warped love songs that seem to be the ones that I, I tend to gravitate towards. I'm finally this kind of fits into that backhanded compliment subcategory as well. And as does the next one, which I'm giving my uh, my best parody to. But another one about, you know, kind of a one-sided relationship where one person's not really doing the work like they should, which I, I don't know why, but I gravitate towards that. I don't know what it says about me, Jay. <laughs> As the other host of this podcast, I think I know why you feel that way. <laughs> As the Here's... person who does none of the work, I don't understand why you feel mm -hmm. that way. True, true, true. Uh, whatever you like, it's a parody of whatever you like. Ran myself a cable from a I like how it speaks to me as also a pretty cheap person. I don't really like it. I don't like no. that it's called whatever you like. You don't like that has the same name as the actual song? No. Hmm. No, unless the band is making you do it like Money for Nothing, Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I also think that the the subject, the concept, especially when compared to some of the other ones that he goes for on this record, is just a, a little tired and cliche. People be poor. I know. Right. In 2011, I was poor. Like, I didn't need this song in my life, Al. All right, fine. I'll go with Party in the CIA for my favorite. You talk me no, out of you it. Don't, I'm not trying to guilt you out of you your favorite of song. If you enjoy whatever you like, I mean, it's a, a little on the nose, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our final track, track 12, Stop Forwarding, the, that crap to me. Kind of a pastiche of like uh, Meatloaf. I think I get kind of like We Are the World vibes, kind of like that, that other one that he did. A little bit of that, like just these big epic songs and i did not bring a clip of it jay because i don't like it oh no see i love this one because i'm a huge jim steinman fan who is the the meatloaf songwriter who does who very much does these songs hmm. and i do agree that at first it's not like super specifically a jim steinman song it feels just big and theatrical and a, a little bit yeah like a like a we are the world and just like a a big epic song by the end though i feel like he's brought in enough parts the tempo picks up a little bit and the piano comes in and the stop forwarding that crap to me part kicks in i'm like all right now i can hear what you were very clearly inspired by but uh yeah i i love this and again i think this ends it with a very prime 21st century subject matter for for al to tackle everyone's got a grandma and she she loves email I don't know. It just it felt a little too derivative of the don't download the song. 
there are a couple of points in this where it was the the formula was almost getting a little bit above the material. You know what I mean? Like the Weird Al, the, the framework, the structure. Yeah, especially from the last album, was more duplicating Mm -hmm. the thing that worked than yeah, really looking for the song and everything. Yeah, but hey, I still like this album a lot. I mean, even the the three songs I didn't bring clips of are I don't like hate them. I just they're just yeah, they were just the least my least favorite on this album. No, there's really not a bad song on here. It's a real good listen. This is a great record. Uh, We got one more to go, Jay. Can you believe this? I know that's insane. This epic, epic journey. Is we are, it has Al close. led up to this, everybody. <laughs> Anything else we want to say about it? No, I uh, I forgot to mention when we were talking about track one, Perform This Way, that the the video, which, as you said, was produced right alongside with it, is fantastic. And you should go check it out if you haven't seen it. It's one of the more terrifying Weird it Al is. videos you'll ever see in your life. It's so creepy. Just Al's Super face. Super creepy. What? Right? It's just imposing. What is it like? Just different famous people? Or is it just Gaga? I forget. I haven't it, seen it forever. I don't even know if it's specifically Lady Gaga's body, but it is Al's face superimposed on a very feminine body, which is like nude frequently. And it's <laughs> it's unsettling. Uh, but I need you all to go look at it because I don't want to be the only person who has to see it every time he closes his eyes. So please go check out that video. <laughs> and the death toll, Jay. What is our death toll? Our final death count after this album is 7,425,061,001 people. Does that include the weasels or the weasels go in the separate animal count? Well, the we- there's 100 weasels. There's seven yeah. reindeer. They're included in there. Several rats and flies. The sick man, Alfred. Sick man. Check out Jay Shinoin at Jay Shinoin, right? On all the social medias. Yes. Check me out indeed. Check him out, and uh, you're going to hear a fun clip from his album. Tell people where they can get the album if they like this clip, too. Everywhere that you listen to music. It is on Apple Music. It is on Spotify. It is on Amazon Music. If you want to buy it from the Stand Up Records store, that's probably the best way to make sure I get the most of that. But, yeah, buy it from whatever service you can stream it. It's it's pretty much everywhere. Uh, the Texas Chinoin Saw Massacre is the album that it is on. Super easy to spell. Just type it right in there. If you're at this point in listening to this podcast and you're not at least vaguely familiar with how you spell my name, stop listening. The next two episodes aren't for you. I don't need you. Wow. It ends like that, huh? (laughs) Yeah, we need... That's definitely the end of that. (laughs) Weird albums after that. Uh, such venom. Weird albums. A little while ago, I went to see Weird Al live in concert. Yay! He appreciates that wherever he is. I, uh, when I was a kid, I went through a phase. I owned all of his Weird albums, which, yes, we should all agree that is what they are called. He's Weird Al. Those are Weird albums. My mom had to live through me going through that phase. So the week of the show, I was like, I gotta tell her. It was like, Mom, this week I finally get to go see Weird Al. My stepdad said, Weird Al Yankovic? (laughs) Did anyone need a last name in this situation? Is there another Weird Al you thought I was talking about? No, he's the guy. So me and my friend went to see Weird Al. We did not end up watching Weird Al. We watched the audience. Because it turns out, Al himself, least weird thing going on in this fucking room. Oh my God, these people. So we show up. 
about two rows in front of us, there is a mom and her like 11 year old kid and they are Eskimo kissing in public. Yeah, just rubbing noses. So my friend sees that, starts looking around trying to take it all in. There's a lot to take in. At the merch table, Weird Al sells framed pictures of himself and people buy those. Yeah, I went to this show thinking I was a Weird Al fan. I left going, I'm just a guy who has heard of Weird Al. He does not need me at all. So after a while, he looks back and he says to me, Jay, every time I look at that mom and son, they are Eskimo kissing. And I said to him, yeah, that is because they have not stopped Eskimo kissing. I've been watching the entire time. It's been 15 minutes. This is the scariest shit I've ever seen in my life. And I watched Hellraiser on acid once, you guys. This was so much worse than that. That was actually not even the worst part of the show. Now, that turned out kind of good because I wrote a parody of that Seal song. It's called Kiss on the Nose from My Mom. It came out really good. I'm proud of it. <laughs> Worst part of the show is so Weird Al is impersonating pop stars. So he'll come out, he'll do pop star shit, and he will occasionally kind of do some pelvic gyration and thrust his hips. And every time he does, everyone in the crowd goes ballistic. <laughs> and that is when you realize for the first time ever, people want to fuck Weird Al. <laughs> Not one guy. I saw a room full of people. They all would have fucked Weird Al. <laughs> That is the worst part, because it makes me a hypocrite. Because if you ever said to me, I really want to have sex with Weird Al, I would absolutely go, Weird Al Yankovic? <laughs> Austin, you have been fucking amazing. Thank you so much.